Shalom and Yeshua, this is Rabin Deborah Brandt, and today is day 9 for Imuna, Life and Messiah Yeshua, Leaving All for Yeshua. Meditation verse for today, Mark 10, 28-31. Peter began to say to him, Look, we've left everything to follow you. Amen, I tell you, Yeshua replied, There is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundred times as much now in this time, houses and brothers, sisters, mothers, and children and property, along with persecutions and in the Olam Haba, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Many of us have left all and committed all to follow our Master. Some of our family members, including children, have rejected us because of our faith. Yet we have been blessed beyond measure, as Yeshua said we would be. Yet we have gained so much, such as spiritual brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property. And yes, persecutions, but most important, eternal life in the Olam Haba. Olam Haba means the world to come. In Hebrew, it is an ancient rabbinic concept of the afterlife. It is usually compared to the Olam Hazeh, which means this world in Hebrew. Yeshua told us that there is a personal cost to follow him, but the rewards are eternal if we choose him over self. Luke 10.42, but only one thing is necessary, for Miriam has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from here. Many of us are so busy with our own agendas that we neglect to sit at the feet of Yeshua. Yeshua commended Miriam because she chose to put him first. Again, Mary, or Miriam, which is her Hebrew name, has chosen the good parts. Number one, she sat at Yeshua's feet. We see this in Luke 10.39. She heard his word, Luke 10.39. She put first things first, Luke 10:42. She anointed Yeshua, John 11:2 and 3 and John 12:3. She had faith in him, John 11:32, and she was one of nine persons to fall down before Yeshua, John 11:32. Even sometimes believers, even though they say they love Yeshua, have no time to serve him and are unwilling to sacrifice in order to do his will. Are we so caught up in our lives that we have forgotten the kingdom? The cost of discipleship. Luke 14, 25-33 Now great crowds were traveling with Yeshua, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children and brothers, and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and figure out the cost to see that he has enough to finish it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and isn't able to finish everything, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king won't first sit down to consider whether he is able with 10,000 to confront the one coming against him with 20,000? If not, while the other is still far away, he sends an ambassador and asks for peace. So in the same way, whoever does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. 
the Jewish New Testament commentary. If anyone does not hate his father and mother, he cannot be my Talmud or disciple. One here selectively misquoted in exactly this way. And on the basis, a case is made that Yeshua is a cruel madman. But the key to his warning is, of course, the phrase, and his own life besides. The theme of these verses is not alienation from one's family, but the cost of discipleship. Nothing, not love for father or mother, or even one's own life, is to take precedence over loyalty to God and his Messiah. He must renounce all that he has, acknowledging that if God is to be primary in his life, possessions and even social relationships in and of themselves must be secondary. Being messianic is more than merely acknowledging facts about Yeshua. Luke 14.28 Estimate the cost. Spiritual cost-benefit analysis is taught in the Mishnah as well. A vote to one. Be thinking about the loss of a mitzvah against its reward and the reward of transgression against its loss. A vote is the sayings of the Father. The senses compare the relatively small cost of observing the mitzvah with the great and eternal benefit obtained by fulfilling it. Likewise, comparing the fleeting reward gained by transgressing a command with its great and eternal cost. A famous Christian application of this principle was formulated in the 17th century by Blaise Pascal, a founder of mathematical probability theory. It is known as Pascal's wager. His idea is that rationally, whether or not to believe in Yeshua's messiahship, lordship, and atonement should depend on two factors, the value of what you stand to gain or lose by believing or not, and the probability that is true which determines the, pros- the probabilities of your receiving those gains or losses. The Bible states that if you believe in Yeshua, you will have some finite cost forgoing the passing pleasures of sin, Hebrews 11.24. The effort of striving to do good, but you will have eternal life with God, a benefit of infinite value. On the other hand, if you reject Yeshua, you will have some finite benefits, enjoying whatever happiness the world and the devil offers, but you will go to hell and be separated forever from God in all goodness and infinite cost. Suppose there is only one chance in a billion that Yeshua is who the Bible says he is. Then it is still absolutely worthwhile to believe in Yeshua, because although you have a very high chance of paying some finite cost, Nevertheless, a tiny chance at an infinite reward still has infinite value one billionth of plus infinity is still plus infinity, and is equally unworthwhile to disbelieve because although you have a very high chance of gaining some finite amount of benefits, even a one billionth chance of minus infinity has a value of minus infinity, which outweighs all finite benefits. Only those who are absolutely certain that the Bible is false false, who can give absolute zero probability to its truth, can rationally choose to disbelieve. For others faced with Pascal's wager, and everyone is, the rational way of counting the cost always leads to trusting in Yeshua. Why are so few rabbis or functionaries in other religions believers? One reason is as most have never heard the gospel presented in a Jewish way. The Jewish New Testament and the Jewish New Testament commentary attempt to do that. 
But even if the gospel is understood as the good news, it is, and not as a Gentile religion or a pagan reworking of Judaism. Another reason is that the rabbis and functionaries in other religions are usually unwilling to pay the cost, which in their case would be exchanging the honor and privilege given to them in the Jewish or other religious community for dishonor and shame, for the status of outcast and meshumad, apostate, literally one who has been destroyed. A third reason is that they do not accurately perceive the benefits. Even apart from the heaven-hell question, few can imagine the rewards of helping shape a new and true Judaism, faithful to God, the Jewish Messiah, the Jewish people, and the rest of humanity. It's hard for them to envision the excitement of devoting their rabbinical training to uniting the two great streams of world history that for 2,000 years have grown apart. One who did catch this vision and accordingly reevaluated the cost and benefits was Shaul of Tarsus. He wrote, But the things used to be advantages, benefits for me, I have, because of the Messiah, come to consider a disadvantage, a cost, or at most, finite benefit. Not only that, but I consider everything a disadvantage, cost, finite benefit, in comparison with a supreme value, infinite benefit of knowing the Messiah Yeshua as my Lord. It was because of him that I gave up everything and regarded all as garbage, at most a finite benefit worthless by comparison, in order to gain the Messiah, infinite benefit, Philippians 3, 7 to 8. He counted the costs rationally and correctly. He understood Pascal's wager a millennium and a half before Pascal formulated and drew the appropriate conclusion. In fact, there have been rabbis throughout history who have followed in Shaul's footsteps, and their stories make a fascinating reading. You can find it online. Um, it's called John During Good News Special Rabbis Edition, and it gives a testimony of many rabbis, actually 14 from the 19th and 20th century, who became Messianic Jews and put their faith in Messiah Yeshua and counted the cost. Shalom in Yeshua.